Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Marks and an Eagle podcast, the show where three friends share our thoughts and this week in wrestling for WWE, NXT, and AEW. This week's group of episodes will be going over the week of October 4th, and without further ado, let's get into it. And here we go. And thank you for tuning in for our episode of NXT for this week. I'm Mark number one. We are missing Mark number two tonight, but joining me as always is the Rock of Rock to my Johnny Grunch, our Resident Eagle, Peter himself. Oh, what's going on, man? I, I love it every time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right. And before we start off, I think this will probably be our smallest show. Shall we start with our beer of the week? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You want to uh, kick it off? Sure thing. I am actually drinking this week a State of Brewing's Chocolate Stout. Brewed in, oh boy, I'm going to butcher this, Waukenee, Wisconsin. W-A-U-N-A-K-E-E. I'm very sorry. <laughs> uh, it's actually really good. Despite the the can being very kind of plain looking, yeah. For a stout, it actually does have a really chocolatey taste. It's almost kind of like a, uh, it almost kind of tastes like one of those coffee energy drinks. Only obviously without the caffeine or whatnot. It's got it's that it's got that kind of actual coffee taste. Yeah, this is really good. I might actually buy more of this this week. Yeah, I mean that sounds really good. I mean I personally when I drink a beer. I, while I enjoy the flavors you're talking about, um, I end up falling asleep if I drink only like a few. Now, how ridiculous this sounds, but um, when I drink a coffee stout, I can only drink like one or two, and then my stomach is just done. I can't, I can't drink anything else the rest of the night. Otherwise, I'll start vomiting. And if I drink one or two. I'm just gonna fall asleep. Like that's that's what's gonna happen. Even, even though beer. it's a coffee stout, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna fall asleep. And so, like, I've always shied away from them, but that that does sound delicious. Um, like that with uh, with IPAs, I can only have about two in my stomach's Like, dude, nope, no more of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So I am drinking a beer that I absolutely 100% bought because of the uh name um it is the uh blood uh bloodline blood orange ale <laughs> i wonder why so it's by uh flying dog beer um which i know absolutely nothing about um but uh the description on the bottle does not help so it <laughs> way night- to prepare I know, dude. It, it is really solid beer, um, you know. And the picture on the cover is what 
looks to be a polka dot zebra that's been shot in the head and is covered in blood. Like, I don't oh, know how okay. else. I've seen that. <laughs> uh, no, that's about oh, like a far side comic zebra almost. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 bizarre, but it's blood orange flavored ale. So, I mean, if you can think of like a strong IPA with a heavy citrus flavor to it, but it's blood orange citrus. I mean, that's that's what you got. It's really, really good. It's very refreshing. Doesn't really make sense for the time of year, but it was called Bloodline, so I bought it. <laughs> I'll see if I can find that. Mm-hmm. All right. And thanks to the beer, we start the NXT show with Toxic Attraction. Because mm-hmm. that's I need beer to get through this. Oh, now, see, I. All right. I, I don't like them. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I love I love their look. Yeah. But I don't love their promos. And I really don't like Mandy Rose in the ring. So, all right. I started following Mandy Rose on Instagram. And of then, did. yeah, and <laughs> then she showed up into the WWE and I was like, holy crap, that's a girl I just started following on Instagram because she was hot and now she's a wrestler. And like, I knew, of course, when I followed her that she was a model. It wasn't like I was thinking I was following some strange person and they ended up becoming a wrestler. But that like blew my mind. And then I'm watching her and I'm like, I don't understand why they ever hired her. She's awful. This match makes me think she's actually coming around. I mean, this was a pretty decent match for her, but I'm going to caveat with my opening note of this match was if Manny Rose keeps wrestling and cosplay, I can't watch this show with pants on anymore. That's just how it's going to work. <laughs> I actually wrote down, uh, what's with all the ass shaking? Because there was a lot of that in this match. <laughs> I her and Ember Moon. I wasn't complaining about that one bit, uh, but I know I like. I think this was a pretty pretty decent match. Um, I really liked when um, they were outside the ring and uh, Gigi and JC Jane are trying to run distraction, and Ember turns around and ends up just power bombing Mandy onto the apron, and it was just such an awesome spot in my mind where it was like. Even the three of these like can't distract her enough to, or you know, to to get let her come back. And Ember was just able to just run over all three of them. And I mean, I made a note about it because it was really a really good match. Um, I hate the fact that you can tell the favoritism with Vince because Vince is all about like, oh, people can't have similar sounding names. They're names that end and have the same last name. And then he has what Gigi and JC. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get those screwed up all the time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, yep. well, because they're girls that you find attractive. You don't have that same rule. Like, I hate that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, I didn't write down who won. And honestly, I don't even remember. Andy Rose wins with just a running knee. Like she does a Daniel Bryan move, which. Oh, I f- <sighs> oh it looked fine. I've never seen her win with that move before, but again, I don't like Mandy Rose, so maybe that has always been her finisher, and I never noticed, but I don't think it was. And I really feel like this is them trying to get back at AEW, like, oh, you know, Brian's hot shit. Look, one of our you know, B-tier wrestlers uses your finisher. That's how good it is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's not even Daniel Bryan's finisher. That's just a mid-move 
mid-match move for him. Pretty Running much. knee? That used to be his finisher. WWE. He's got the LaBelle lock. He's got the, the running gas knee. kicks. I, I guess the running knee was a finisher. Gas kicks are his signature move. I'm trying to think of what... It, oh, yeah. No, he never wants to that. But I'm trying to think of what his... um. His striking finisher was, and I can't think of it, but I, I know the little bell lock was what they had him doing. Um, as his submission, I, and I can't think of a striking, so maybe you're right, honestly. I just put, uh, I wonder how much longer Amber Moon has on her contract, <laughs> right? I, I don't think she's won a match since she's lost the tag belts, uh, with Shotzi, yeah, and she and- keeps doing these promos like i'm i'm back i'm back i'm gonna get there i'm gonna do it and then nope you just keep losing like i don't think they're gonna get rid of her honestly like she's probably gonna stick around and and have an upswing but i'm like man with the roster that aw has getting ember moon in there would be really good yeah moon versus ruby riot and and Britt baker and like Uh, even shirai Io Shirai or, or Hikaru Shida. I'm sorry, Io Shirai's NXT. I was thinking Hikaru Shida. Yeah. yeah. Or, or even, like, I would want to see her against, like, uh, Killian, Killian King or uh, Statlander. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, she, she's probably still, probably has, what, seven, ten years in her contract or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. I feel bad. <laughs> especially, yeah. especially losing to Mandy, who WWE legit hasn't done anything, and she's been in the company since, what, Ruby Riot and the rest of them showed up on NXT? <laughs> like, yeah. Mandy Rose has been around for a long-ass time, and they haven't done shit with her. Yeah. Now you're having Ember, who's actually a wrestler, lose to that. And I'm just like... And I, I, I'm just like, why are you purposely pissing off talent outside of, oh, you weren't... Well, no, even Ember was an NXT talent. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And, like, the thing is, is, like, when you think back on Manny Rhodes' career, or at least when I think back on Manny Rhodes' career, I think of her time in Fire and Desire, where Sony Deville handled 100% of the match, and Manny Rhodes was just there to be pretty. and her love affair with Otis and Dolph Ziggler fucking that up. And then the Miz fucking that up. And then they got drafted to different shows. So they just completely and utterly dropped the storyline. And that's all I think about when I think of her WWE career, there's nothing else that I can point to. All right. Uh, so next we had Odyssey Jones versus LA Knight. Uh, probably like one of, now Pete Dunn versus Grimes was a good match, but like a solid match. I was surprised because I had said last week that I was like, "Oh, LA Knight's a losing streak because he's not you know, NXT original talent." Um, he actually won. Now, granted, he didn't win on his own; had shenanigans, but I mean, yeah, I'm happy that he got a win. I don't remember the the full name of the dude that came out. I know his last name is Chase, so I call him Chase Bank in my notes. Um, <laughs> and honestly, my note my notes of this match are this match is really good, and then Chase Bank comes out and completely screws it up because LA Knight should have been able to win without that. It, it was ridiculous. 
I put, I wish the whole show could be like this, but I, and also why is Chase feuding with Odyssey now? He just, he lost to Boa last week. He got screwed over. So logically he should go after Boa. No, because he, what, walked in front of Odyssey Jones during a backstage interview last week. That's why he's feuding with him. What hey. is this writing? I don't know, man. That miss should have been a disqualification. Should have been. Like, ring match logic made sense because LA Knight's your heel. He can't win clean. So, like, cool. It builds up the story between him and Odyssey for the rematch. Odyssey can win clean. Like, basics of this match I don't have a problem with. But, like, everything else, I'm like, oh, I, w- I was thinking, okay, this doesn't make any sense. See, I I tend to forget that WWE does seem to be trending more towards putting over homegrown talent only. So I didn't think really anything of this finish other than it was BS and LA Knight should have just been able to win. Um, But now that you're saying it and I'm putting it all together, I don't think the LA Knight win or the Odyssey Jones loss matters at all i think what this was to do was to build the feud between chase bank and odyssey jones and they're going to fight each other because of this and la knight is completely inconsequential and the fact that he won does not matter all that matters is that chase came out and interfered and odyssey ended up losing because chase interfered that's the only thing that matters because they're both homegrown talent we're just supposed to forget what happened to Chase last week. We're just like, oh, now this is happening, so this is what we're supposed to like. I don't think necessarily we're supposed to forget last week, but rather, this is, hey, here's our two new homegrown guys. We're going to throw them into a feud, and here's how we're going to start it. Chase is going to come out and interfere with an Odyssey Jones match. That's going to cause Odyssey Jones to interfere. Now, we're not going to give you any solid motivation for Chase interfering, but we're going to have Chase come out and interfere, and that's going to ignite the feud. And eventually, we will forget that there was no interference, and we'll just be like, oh, where did this feud start? Oh, yeah, remember that Chase interfered with that one match that Odyssey Joan had? And that's what they're banking on. They're, they're banking on us forgetting that there was no build to the feud, and this is just them starting it by literally going, we need a feud. Go. I could come up with a story, just be like, Chase... <laughs> Chase College doesn't accept people like Odyssey Jones. We're not a historic black college here. Oh, shit. No. I mean, no. no there's no way they're going to do oh. that. But, but hey, you want him to oh, be a God. heel? There you go. <laughs> 1995? Yes. 2001? Dear God, no. I'm not saying he shows up in blackface. <laughs> no, blackface was not acceptable in 1995. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. If you want people to hate them, I mean, there you go. I mean, yeah. You want somebody to hate them, make them racist. They will hate them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. <clears throat> so then uh backstage we had Cameron Grimes lovesick, I guess. And yeah. <laughs> talks to Oh, look, two more tall blonde women. What diversity in WWE. <laughs> So I completely forgot or completely didn't note the fact that he just brushes off and goes and starts to talk to random two blonde women Uh, that they're not 
like wrestlers on television, right? Because never, I, never I seen them no before in my life. Okay, good. Here's the thing: <laughs> they could be wrestlers, and you can't tell because Vince wants them all to look the fucking same. True story. Um, but my my only note about this segment is uh, Cameron Grimes announces that he's looking for a lucky lady, and then he finds Lover Boy Peter because that's <laughs> what he calls him, and then. I was like, okay, I guess this is building up to a match. I don't give a fuck. It was just like, <laughs> after that line, I tuned out because nothing else mattered about the segment other than, <laughs> yes, match between these two guys later tonight. Well, and here's the thing. Um, he's rich. It's real easy to find love when you're rich. Mm-hmm. You hold out money and beautiful women will suddenly love you because that's how it always works. Don't fucking lie to me. Right, and it's one thing to be like, okay, I'm tired of all of these gold diggers that are wanting my money. No, that's not what he said. He was like, camera guys looking for a lucky lady. Well, there are 14, if you pull your wallet out, standing right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But, oh, thank God, Champ is here to save me. (laughs) Uh, All right, so... I don't remember if it was the NXT episode that I was on or the one that I missed, but you guys were talking about uh, uh, Von Wagner and how he <laughs> is German and has a super thick German accent. And shouldn't he be Juan Wagner, which is how it would be pronounced in Germany. But when he he said his own name in this segment and he said Von Wagner, so I can't. I can't get behind that the way I do with Volter because he says I am the NXT UK champion Volter. That's his name. And that for that segment after Champa's promo, I put uh, Kyle O'Reilly's backstage with appears to be a shrunken down white version of the great Kali. <laughs> right. So this is my first time actually seeing Von Wagner and the, he shows up. My wife's looking at the screen and she goes, who the fuck is that Neanderthal on the screen? <laughs> that man has eye umbrellas. No, those aren't even eye umbrellas. That's a full on awning. awning. Yeah, it's a full on awning on Dude, over no, his eye. I'm not lying because even my buddy Claude at work said it. And it was two days after I had written that down. And he said the exact same thing. Go look at Von Wagner, a side by side picture with him and the great Kelly, their heads are exactly the same. And I'm like, this mom's got some explaining to do because they are <laughs> identical, like absolutely identical. I did not hear a word of this promo, not a single word, because I cannot stop talking about this man's eyebrows. And Danny goes, this man is the real life depiction of every cartoon caveman you have ever seen. <laughs> I would never say that to that guy's face because he'd kill me, but... I don't know, man. The way he was delivering promos, I'm not sure he's conscious most of the time. (laughs) He might be like, a cartoon caveman. That's kind of cool, right? He'll just carry a club out to the ring. Right? (laughs) Uh, So then... uh... Steiner comes out to the ring in a street clothes looking exactly like a Steiner looks like. Not only that, but he even does the Steiner bounce halfway through the promo 
where he's like bouncing and like flexing his pecs and flexing his shoulders at the same time. And it's like that weird move that only bodybuilders can do because the rest of us normal humans don't have muscles there. And I go to Danny. Oh, so I pause it when he comes out because I know it's Steiner. And I'm like, all right, look at me, not the screen. When you, cause she's staring at her phone. I'm like, don't look at the screen. Look at me. She's like, oh. she's like, okay. I'm like, picture Scott Steiner. Think of his voice. Now drop about 30 years from whatever you're picturing and imagine I'm at about 20. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, now turn your head 180 and be prepared to go through time. <laughs> and, press the button. and she was just like, holy shit. Is this guy actually related to Scott Steiner? And I'm like, yeah, that's his son. And she's like, oh, no, that oh nephew. I thought he was his son, but yeah, his nephew. Rick's son. Rick's son. Okay. But and she's just like, this, this is Scott Steiner. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I don't know Rick as well as I know Scott. I know Scott a lot better. Um, but it was just like, holy shit. Like this promo didn't do anything to hide it. And oh, I, I think they, they tried to tamp it down last week. Uh, but this yeah. week, especially with his street coach, they were like, just embrace it. I don't think yeah. we're going to change it. Like, if I'm ever at a WWE show, like, if we go to Florida again and I'm close enough to go to the Capitol Wrestling Center, I'm going to have a sign that just says, it's not Breaker, it's Steiner. Like, just give up the name. I Like, just call him Steiner. Then you could even have him induct at least Rick Steiner, because they ain't going to induct Scott Steiner into the Hall oh, of Fame. Not. Yeah. But yeah, uh... Wait to see him at Halloween Havoc against Champa. Oh, Last, next guy. Wait, actually in the match. I want it. Oh, I was just gonna. I wanted to introduce the next promo. Yes, yes the which Gacy was segment. so. Joe Gacy comes out just to piss Jeremy off. Is what my note is. It does. I was just like Gacy segment. Are we positive this man's not a robot. Please pull off this lizard <laughs> mask that he has. I hate this. Dude, my my two notes of this promo are one, he came out just to piss you off, and two, this promo is not creepy. It's cringy. And it's awful. It it's is the most wooden thing creepy. I've ever listened to. The it's only so part bad. that made me laugh was when he made fun of Facebook. Cause he's like, I wasn't canceled, although you see or I I forgot how he put it, but he's like he basically was like, You all were lost your shit when Facebook went down for three hours. And I was yeah. like, okay. I'm, it's funny. I laughed. Yeah. Like, I laughed at the lie, not the delivery. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Oh, yeah. It was awful. But, yeah, so apparently if he wins next week, he's going to be in the Halloween Havoc match. Which, like, <sighs> I can understand it because as excited as people would be for Steiner versus... Um, Tampa, you might not want either of them to lose right away. So Gacy is clearly going to be your fall guy at the pay-per-view, which still saves both men. So I get it. But it does kind of suck that Champa is defending his title against us against technically two nobodies. <laughs> yeah. 
then we had a random ass segment backstage with Indy and her friend. Don't remember her name. Oh, good. Because I literally wrote this is my only note about this segment. Indy and someone else walk in on Boa <laughs> and his mom smoking. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what happened. They opened the door and Boa shouts in Chinese, leave us, and then shuts the door and they go, that's weird, and walk away. Yep. That and- was the premise to set up their match later. Yeah. Which made no sense as well, but it was like, all right, and I don't know what Mei Ying's age is, but the way it came off, it literally felt like Bo was having a special time with his mom, and no one's allowed to interrupt Boa and his mom during their special time, and apparently that includes a lot of smoke. I don't know why, but it does. I read a lot of manga like that. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's a kid's show, remember? <laughs> uh, speaking of acting like children, uh, we had Jiro Eichmann versus Gacy. And, wow, Gacy's video package. I'm just cringing. Like, almost to the point where it's painful. So, alright. Gacy made no sense to me until this match. Second off, absolutely love Jiro. I am a Jiro Mark through and through he is i hate saying this but he is an asian dalton castle to me and dalton castle is joe hendry's tag team partner so i'm gonna love the fuck out of him (laughs) i really really do he's kind Um, of uh, he's kind of like a a blend of unaki and dalton castle like he's flamboyant but he's not um sexual in his flamboyancy he's just kind of more kind of like Bodhi, like it's not going saying, it's yeah. not going to like offend certain people he's just kind of, he's more silly than fabulous yeah and i mean i guess because i'm such a big dalton castle mark and like i watch his youtube shows that are outside of wrestling and just watch <laughs> with him play his with cats. his cats yeah and stuff so it's like i don't I don't see his flamboyance as him being sexual. I see his flamboyance as him being him. And that's just who he is. He is a flamboyant, proud peacock, and he needs to strut his feathers. And that's what I see in Jiro. He is a proud peacock that needs to strut his feathers. And I love it. I eat it up every second of it. And I just like wish I said, he wouldn't have his face on his jackets. That's so uh, weird. <laughs> I love it. I really do. I love his jacket. <laughs> and I love it. Me. They had a, a promo like it was like a month ago where he was like showing his jackets and then he brought out the one with his faces on it. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is the one. It was like, oh, it's it, also it, it also drives me crazy because. They say because I. I read enough manga and I know how pronounced names technically in Japan. It drives me crazy that they are technically saying his name backwards. Keep saying Eichmann Jiro because they, th- that's technically how you say his name. But I'm like, no, it's if you're it's Jiro Eichmann. Like, that's how you would say it in Japan. Like, I mean, and it also comes off. Therefore, much well, better. I mean, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. 
but I do have to point out that you are putting Western bias on that and assuming that Jiro is a surname. And you don't, I mean, I don't know if you do know for a fact that it's his surname, but I don't know for a fact it's his surname. And Eichmann might be his surname. I think when he did that one promo talking about Kushida, when he was actually talking in Japanese and they had subtitles, he did say Jiro first, but also Jiro Eichmann just sounds better than Eichmann Jiro. It comes off better. I agree. I, I totally agree. But all right. So uh, about Gacy, because he's the other guy in this match. Um, I actually like this match. I'm going to throw that out there. I thought this match was good. I actually think that Gacy might have some in-ring talent that um, he obviously doesn't have any mic talent, but I think he oh. might have some in-ring talent. This was where I realized that Gacy... His character is supposed to be a conflict mediator. And his character is supposed to be making fun of conflict mediation. And while I understand in a toxic masculine environment, as a fighting show will be, why a conflict mediator would be someone that you would want to mock, why it would be somebody you would want to boo, why it would be someone you would want to. Um, create as a disdainful character that everyone wants to destroy. In today's day and age, where people are like leading movements to combat this specific mentality of mental health means you're a bitch. How are you going to create a character? Name him after one of the most famous serial killers of all time because listen joe gacy is not far from john gacy we're not idiots and he's one of the most one of the most successful and popular serial killers of all time he's the man who made american society afraid of killer clowns and made the popular movie it that has been made at least twice and both times was two movies and they were both terrible, but terrible. they, oh yeah, it's awful. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, I, I don't like Stephen King. I don't like Stephen King. Oh. Let's just put it, let's just, let's and just leave it at that. Make, now we have to make a new podcast talking about horror movies <laughs> to the show. Yeah. In this day and age, villainizing mental health is so contrary to popular culture that I understand that you are trying to create, as you pointed out before that Joey Ryan cancel culture. It's a bad thing to just hate things to hate things mentality. That's not what a conflict mediator is. You are missing what the job title is and you are bashing mental illness, which is not something you should do in today's America period. I don't think that's it at all, because if you look at his video package, it has the black flag with the white lettering clearly ripping off Black Lives Matter. It's got the peace symbol. It's just him making fun of, like, all leftist movements and being a a mockery of that. Right, which is why he's a conflict mediator, which Vince McMahon thinks is a leftist thing. But But it doesn't have anything to do with mental health. It's just him ripping on anti-capitalism and 
BLM and stuff like that. I don't think it has much to do with that mental health. I understand your defense of it. A conflict mediator does have to do with mental health. His character may not, but the job that he is portraying, the this is a safe place, we'll resolve this without violence, we'll do this with words. These are things that have to happen. We should hug after the matches. We don't need to fight. This is stuff that a conflict mediator does. A conflict mediator is someone who helps with mental health, period. That's like saying the UFC ring is a safe space. Like, it, it's not. I want, I want him to come out and say this is a safe space, and then Walter to come out and say, no, this place is sacred, and then just chop him to death. We'll see. I mean clearly aren't going to get rid of him like people thought they were so yeah see what else he says and then jesus christ go to duke's poker room which i'm like oh my god is wwe so creatively bankrupt they now have to copy impact segments backstage because this is just this is just johnny swinger's casino only it's now duke hudson's poker room I'm like, if you have to copy Impact, holy shit, something's wrong. So I didn't put together that this was copying Impact. I went to poker in a casino (sighs) because he's at a casino poker table. He's sitting in the dealer spot and he's acting like he's playing poker with his friends. This is not how you play poker in the casino. (laughs) The dealer does not do mental games with you. In the casino, you do not create a giant pile of chips that the dealer then reaches across the table, slides to themselves and starts laughing at you in a casino. This is not casino poker, but you're telling me it is. I've been to a casino. I've played (laughs) poker in a casino. This is not how it works. This is not what it looks like. And honestly, Duke Hudson is just fucking Chase Bank with a different name. He's the same exact guy. I see no fucking difference between them. (laughs) He took off his sweater and he put on a gold vest and he started playing poker with a friend in the middle of a casino and no one got mad about it except me. It's as it's as real to poker as Madden football is to simulation football. Oh Jesus! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. My my brain immediately went to Johnny Swingers Casino because that's a casino too, and does everything wrong there as well. Oh, I'm Jesus, like, I'm I, sure it does. Re- I really think that's what they're ripping on. I'm also like, why? Okay, so he's gonna be a poker player wrestler how is that how is that a gimmick because it's not like those two things conflict like with the stupid like dentist professional wrestler gimmick like he's not actually a dentist because a dentist has to be at his job he could totally be a professional poker player wrestler because he only works one day a week and then he can go play poker like those two don't conflict so it's not a gimmick a marketing ploy because I mean I've seen professional poker player. Some of them are really sloppishly and ugly. Like, but guess what? They make millions. Like, I don't. How is this a marketable gimmick? Well, I mean, on top of that, it's like, what are you even doing with this poker segment? Like, what was this supposed to tell me about his character? he's smart i guess that he can read his opponents better and i'm like that's not how like 
I, Anything works. I, well, here's the thing. Like, I'm stupid. I am awful at poker. But even I know you fooling an opponent in poker is nothing like you fooling an opponent in a fight. Like, that's they're two completely different things. Well, and, and here's the other thing is you say the jobs don't conflict, but the skill sets also don't line up. And the only thing I can I, think of is between that and Baron Corbin. Vince McMahon's looking at AEW and going, oh, all their pay-per-views are, are gambling themed. So oh. I'm going to make a whole bunch of gambling characters. And that's what this is. Didn't even think of that. Oh, uh-huh. it's, it's him trying to mock double and nothing. Yep. <sighs> and the casino battle royale. That, and that that's going to bite him in the ass. It really is. All right, so then we went to Cora Jade versus, nope, she's versing Frankie Monet. (laughs) I literally was in the middle of writing this person's name, and then they attack her and throw her out, so I just crossed it out. But nope. Uh, And this, uh, okay, so I have seen Cora Jade before. I was like, I know I've seen her. Where have I seen her before? She has been on Impact, and she has been on two episodes of AEW Dark and Elevation um, this year, actually. Hmm. So I, that's why I was like, I know I've seen that face. So that's Vir, uh, Virginia Ferry was her name. Was that her? Okay. I did write it down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I guess she's as young as, as freaking Julia Hart is. Like, she's 19, 20. Oh, wow. I was like, okay. oh. <laughs> but this goes back to my original thought that they're there to push their own talent because she freaking rolled up Taya Valkyrie to win. Yeah. I'm just like, ow. So she's had two matches, or no, three matches it's coming into WWE she's won one match I don't understand why they brought her in you bring in a huge name like Taya Valkyrie a woman who's been wrestling in the men's division in Impact why would you job her out like this it's Impact completely confusing which it makes no sense because they can be like Oh well, it's impact. It's not the big a deal. I'm like, okay, but she wrestled in Mexico. She's wrestled everywhere else. Like, but, I don't understand this at all. And and you're and you're jobbing her out to, I mean, she's clearly greener than hell. She's only twenty. Like, you can't tell me she's some sort of wrestling savant. Yeah, I mean, she seems like a jobber to me. I mean, I'm sure she's a better wrestler than that match led her me to believe that she is. I don't know. I'm. Like, good for her, but I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we had Pete Dunn versus Cameron Grimes. Uh, Grimes gets distracted by Kyle O'Reilly's interference against Rich Holland, so and wins. Yeah. Totally fine match, though. Yeah, no, the match was really good, although... <laughs> I'm writing my first note because I'm just watching the match and enjoying it. And I'm not writing any notes. And then I'm like, all right, I got to write some notes. And I'm like, you know what? (laughs) I think I'm finally coming around on Pete Dunn. He's very charismatic in the ring. His, his body motions, his gestures and stuff that he does outside of just wrestling 
it's it's something that's making me want to watch it. It's very charismatic, in my opinion, his presence. And as I'm writing that, I look up and he's doing the goddamn joint manipulation thing where he <laughs> puts his hand on. And at the time, Dexter's in the room. And as I'm looking up, I'm seeing it happen. And I just hear my son go, just move your damn hand. Just move it. It's not hard. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. And, and, and I literally wrote, I'm coming around on him. And the, no, the next line is, and then he ruins it. <laughs> it's the next line. <laughs> just like, damn it. After that, that exact second, the match was great. It's just like, there's this like five second period where he's just like, oh, he's on the ground. I'll do that thing where I put his hand down and step on it. And then I'll walk around him. And it didn't get that far because Grimes got up. And it was just like, okay. All right, we don't have to deal with the whole match like we usually do with Pete Dunne. <laughs> uh, uh, so then we had another fake mobster promo. I don't care. I actually put fake Italian mobster promo, but then I saw that actually has a, 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 an Italy and American flag tattooed on his arm. I looked him up, and I guess he is actually Italian. So I'm like, all right. So the mobster gimmick's fake, but at least not technically a fake Italian. Yeah, and I mean, if we have listeners that don't watch wrestling, um, the best way to describe this dude is if you think of Rocky Balboa at the beginning of the first movie when he was still the Shylock going around collecting debts for a loan shark. And that movie came out in the 80s. And uh, you might be right. It might be the 70s. And now it's 2021. (laughs) And we have someone else doing this character. (laughs) And it's like, this is, I mean, dated is is an understatement. (laughs) I think I, uh, to be fair, I think they are trying to, portray it more as like a Sopranos thing because obviously the Sopranos is more in recent memory again the Sopranos is not set in current day it's set in the freaking what 80s or 90s like I never watched the Sopranos so you're saying that and I'm putting it together the new day's new ring gear is Sopranos themed um you've got this guy yes it is you've got this guy Oh. oh no I'm sorry it's Godfather themed which is basically the Sopranos and then um the Bloodlines uh, shirt is also Sopranos-esque. Yeah, Scarface, that whole Italian or foreigner mobster style. So you might be right, because they did just put out that Sopranos prequel. Uh, Then we had Hit Row promo. (laughs) And the only thing I wrote down was when Scott Swerve said, when he was talking to the Lucha Suits, uh, he said, uh, I'm sick and tired of this, talking about them chasing him for the title. And I just wrote... I'm sick and tired of you not defending your title, Scott. <laughs> the only thing I wrote about this one was, uh, Scott, you better not drop the strap at this match. Like, you better take this belt to the main Master. roster. He's not going to. But after that promo, he better do it, or I'm not going to respect that man <laughs> at all. He better take that belt with him to the main roster. Be nice. Yeah. Uh, so then... Okay, and this this is where I really, I think I know, like, you were talking about the Sopranos gimmick, but I think there's another reason behind this, so 
We had Malik Blade versus, <laughs> at the time I wrote Fake Mobster because they didn't say his name until he got into the ring. So, one, I put, why should I be invested in this? Nobody knows who these guys are. But then I also, I looked up, so they said this guy's name, and then I'm like, wait a second. So you have Malik Blade, then you have Malachi Black on AEW, right? This guy's last name or I actually think has his whole name, the D'Angelo. So he has the same last name as a professional NHL hockey player. Like, if you type in his name, that's all you get is this hockey player's name. So, like, you're referencing, you're trying to get as close as you can to an AEW wrestler, and you have a, a same name as an NHL player. Like, come on, guys. You're clearly <laughs> trying to now aim at people who type in the name wrong to get you to look at your product. Like, yeah. This is oh. this has nothing to do with wrestling. This is all about marketability and like hits online. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, my first note of the match was okay. So there's a headlock. That's, <laughs> it, that, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I don't know if you if you noticed the beginning of the match, man, but like the first like ninety seconds, two minutes of the match was just a headlock. It was it. It was just yeah. a headlock. It was like, there's not, it wasn't, it wasn't like a knuckle tie up. It wasn't like a test of strength. It wasn't chain wrestling. It was just a headlock. And it was like, okay. And then I keep watching the match and I'm like, I don't know if I like this match or not. Because, I mean, they're not doing anything wrong, but they're also not doing anything good. I was just there. Yeah. It was just there. And my biggest takeaway from this match is that uh, Tony D'Angelo, his head looks like it belongs on somebody that is as fat as he is muscular. And therefore, <laughs> it doesn't belong on his body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah. Like, I, it just didn't click. None of this clicked for me. And it was I watched it completely perplexed as to whether or not I liked it or not. Not perplexed as to, like, why is this match happening? It was like, do I like this? I don't think I do, but I don't not like it, so maybe I do? It's just, I had no idea what to do with this match at all. And unless this Malik Blade dude is just a jobber that we'll never see again, I guess we'll see what they do with D'Angelo, but I... Right now, all my brain can say is this is just a way to get hits, and it's totally shallow and manipulative. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you on that one, honestly. So, another pointless match you had, Mei Ying versus Indy, and I wrote down, I'm bored, I'm going to fast forward to the Fatal 4-Way. If you did, you didn't miss shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I skipped for it. I have notes on some of the other segments, but like, yeah. I, honestly, I was like, if Mei Ying wins, I don't care. Like, I just, I fast forwarded this match. I mean, my biggest problem was on commentary. Instead of talking about the match, they're just sitting there talking about how Indy Hartwell didn't take Dexter's last name. And it's like, come on, she's a celebrity. That shit's been going on since the beginning of celebrities, where a female celebrity marries a male celebrity and doesn't take her last name 
because she's a no. female celebrity known about with with a known last name. It just happens. Not even, not even in real life. In WWE, does Stephanie McMahon have Triple H's last name? No, she's still called Stephanie McMahon. Well, she's Man Stephanie Helmsley. Helmsley. Yeah, like, but still not getting rid of your last name. Well, what's Johnny Gargano's wife's name? Candice LeRae. Yeah. She's having his baby. Are we supposed to get <laughs> mad because she's not Candace Gargano? I guess we are that's, supposed to get mad about it, apparently. That's horrible. Candace Gargano. Gargano. We'll call her CG for short. It'll be fine. Um, and we had a last segment, the stupid talk show, so I'm still fast-forwarding. Uh, I'm in mind, goes over their group and actually gives you of them and I just wrote about time <laughs> like you're a little late to that uh, <laughs> I'm really sad Adam isn't here because my next note is uh, Gonzalez looking like Detective Benson from Law and Order SVU right now <laughs> uh, so then we went on to the fatal four way for the tag team titles I mean, I'll at least give them props. They made it an elimination Fatal 4-Way, which we don't normally see. So that was good, but at the booking for how this went down, I I would have done differently. Not that it's I, bad. I'm literally the entire match going, this match is so good, and I know they're going to shit all over it. <laughs> I loved that hell out of this match i don't understand how you can watch this match and come away saying anything other than this was the show stealer this was honestly i'm thinking i'm trying to think of all the wrestling shows i watched this week i think this was the best match of the week the fact that they made it an elimination match was huge and Wentz and des i don't know what the wwe's names are but once I just keep calling them the radicals. Rascals, Rascals. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And I just keep calling them Wentz and Dez. Admittedly, I don't know if that is Wentz and Dez. I do know there was a third one. I don't remember the third one's name, and I don't remember who was who. But Wentz and Dez are the two names that I remember, because Carson Wentz and uh, Dez Bryant, football players. Um, one was a cowboy, one was an eagle. So I'm very versed in those. So Des and Wentz are the names that I remember. So one's Wentz and one's Des. And I don't know how you come out of this match thinking other than anything other than they're amazing. Like everything Sutton's been saying about these two. I wish he was on this podcast to explain to me what he's seeing. Because this match was flawless. It was exciting. It was fast paced. It was high adrenaline. And I was involved in every second of it. What best else of the do you week, want from wrestling? Best of the week, it's up there. I, I mean, we did have the match with Fish and Sammy, and then Punk and Garcia is is up there. I I'm not saying the match is bad. It's just that I agree with Adam in the fact that they haven't been there. They haven't been defending the titles. And for me, WWE is clearly moving with we want our own talent. So I thought that the belts were going to go to either the Grizzled Young Vets or, heck, they were going to go all in and give the tag belts to Carmelo and Trick and then even have Carmelo cash in his contract for even another title. I I didn't think they would have the faith in uh, the Rascals 
to keep the belts, and I really thought, okay, it's time to, to give it to somebody else, because only for the simple fact of, they're okay, they've already beaten these people, now they have at least two new challengers in Trick and Carmelo and Brooks and Briggs, or the, whatever the cowboy shit name they have. Like, okay, so now you have two new challengers, like something has to happen. Okay, no, now you've beaten those two people, so who left is them to fight or have a rivalry with? Because now they've beaten the Grizzled Young Veterans, I think, like three times. You've already knocked off your two new challengers. So, in terms of just future planning and booking, I didn't like it because I'm like, I'm at a loss for what you do next with, these, with this team. Unless, oh, well, I mean, you did have Imperium attack him, but I'm like, people got kind of sick of Imperium as a team. Not necessarily Volter, but like, two guys he had with him, they're not charismatic. Yeah. Um, so I guess and they're I'm, leaning to them taking the belts, but I'm like, they've already had the belts. Kind of, I don't know. Like, I, again, nothing is bad about this match. I agree with you. The, the match was fine. I, it was, it, 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 you could have just sat down and watched this match and come away happy. I'm just always trying to think ahead, and I'm kind of like, I wouldn't have done it that way, other than than that I don't have a problem with it yeah I mean it's the WWE so they're just going to take two random singlers wrestlers throw them together for a single match it's going to be a title shot and they'll win it I mean that's what's going to end up happening because Bruce Pritchard's in charge of it now but um, I mean I, I, I can kind of see what you're saying about Imperium I never went sour on Imperium I like them a lot they are not as good when Valter's not there he's the best part of Imperium. I mean, it's like Yui without Adam Cole. It's just not as good. Um, but I still like Imperium a lot. Honestly, like, I I really like the Rascals. I really do. I loved them in Impact. I didn't think they got enough screen time in Impact, and they were on every episode, and pretty much always had a vignette and a than a match and I still thought they didn't get enough airtime on on impact. So I mean I I can't look at that and say, where are you gonna go with this? Because they won. I don't feel like they were at impact long enough for people to say, oh, they're just impact stars. Maybe they are seeing them, uh, you know, MSK as a an a WWE original, even though they spent a year or two in impact first. Um, I think oh, go ahead. I, 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 my next thing had nothing to do with the match, just uh, ring names. And that was just simply, we had Carmelo Hayes and trick Mallow and they're both named after candy. And I right. was wondering if they were going to bring that in at all. Cause you got Carmelo and there's the Carmelo candy bar and then trick Mallow, which is obviously short for marshmallow. So are they a candy team? You're just going to have, like, two big guys come in and just be like, we're going to eat you up like candy. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I think maybe the, their style is similar to that of, like, the Bucks or the Lucha Brothers. That's why uh, Adam doesn't like them, because it reminds them too much of him. I'll be fair, their style is a lot like that, and I think 
should try to go back and watch their matches and try to ju- directly compare them with a Bucks match and see if they are that similar or if they're better at not doing stupid shit outside of the ring and whatnot. Like, because if they can make their spots work, then they're better than the Bucks. And I don't think that that criticism is warranted of them being terrible. But then again, I don't watch, you know, I don't directly kind of compare matches like that. So I should try to do a better job on trying to see, or at least me and Adam should do better at trying to see if it's a, uh, a high flying spot kind of bias to where if we see that a lot, our brains go, it's just a Bucks match. This sucks. Instead of trying to see the big picture. Yeah, I should do the same thing and just be like, it's just a Bucks match. That's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, to be fair, I, I like the Lucha Brothers a lot more than I like the Bucks. I'm just going to put that out there. Just fair. Uh, any final thoughts on NXT? Uh, well, my my final thought on this match and therefore NXT, since this was the uh, main event, was, I don't know if you caught it, um, it was a four count at the end of the match. It was not a three count. He pinned him before the referee hit the mat four times before the bell rang. It was a full four count. It was like, I even put it as like, and then Wentz wins with a four count? Okay. <laughs> It's fine. Count it every time his hand hit the mat. It was four times. Just to make sure you you really lost this match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, actually much better than last week, even though there was some iffy moments to it. Um, still not like super behind the new NXT, but see how it goes. It's definitely not to the point where I don't want to watch the show anymore. <laughs> Alrighty, and with that final thought, that'll be it for this week's episode. As always, I've been Mark Number One, Jeremy. I'm the Eagle, Peter. And on behalf of Mark Number Two, Adam, we thank you very much for listening. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Twitter and share your thoughts with us. We hope you have a wonderful night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.